Welcome to the Werfel Trophy Podcast at WerfelTrophy.org. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Brassell. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, with these podcast interviews, we hope to bring you stories, great things that are happening around the world with our past Werfel Trophy winners, finalists, and friends of the Werfel Trophy. Our special guest today, he's nothing other than a former All-SEC and All-American at the University of Georgia, also with the Pittsburgh Steeler. More importantly to us, he was a 2011 Werfel Trophy finalist. He joins us from up in Johns Creek, Georgia, Mr. Drew Butler. Drew, thanks so much, man. It's great catching up with you. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me on, and I'm happy to be here. Hey, 2011, I mean, in one ways, to me, it seems like, God, that was so far ago. In another sense, it seems like it was a blink of an eye. How about you? <laughs> I would probably say the exact same thing. You know, it's been a while uh, since my days at Georgia, but now living back in the Atlanta area and being involved in college football through the broadcasting realm has certainly kept me close to the Bulldogs and close to what's going around the SEC and the rest of college football. So at times it feels like it's been forever, but then other times it doesn't feel like that far away. Actually, this weekend, uh, this upcoming weekend, my dad and I will be working the Georgia kicking camp. So that's always a good time to kind of get the juices flowing, get back around some college kids, some young high school prospects that really bring back some great memories. Yeah, and as you say in the business, great segue to my first question. You mentioned your dad going way back. Everybody knows Kevin, your dad, All-American kicker with Georgia, with the Bears, College Football Hall of Fame. I guess it was inevitable at one, when you were a kid, you were going to start putting a foot to a ball in some form or fashion. <laughs> some, talk about that. It may have been before you can even remember. You know, I actually never grew up playing football. Now, don't get confused. I was obsessed with the game. I love following my dad. I, I knew every statistic of every player on the Bears. I was a huge Georgia fan. I really loved the game of football, but I never played. Um, I had always played soccer. And then I picked up golf competitively when I was in middle school. Um, I actually quit soccer just to focus on golf, and I would tour around the southeast and really wanted to become a professional golfer one day and was working hard towards that even into high school. Um, I went to a brand-new high school just outside of Atlanta called Peachtree Ridge. Uh, I was actually in the charter class, so my freshman year was the first year the school was open. And a lot of my friends were on the football team, and they went one and nine that year. And the bad thing was is they lost a handful of games because they didn't have anybody that could make an extra point. They had a lineman out there trying to toe bash extra points, and they lost a couple of games because they had to go for two at the end and, and couldn't convert. So one day after school, spring football was rolling around um, at the end of my freshman year, heading into my sophomore year. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, I, I can make an extra point. You know, I'd always mess around with them and my soccer background. And I knew how to kick a football. I said, I think I might go out for the football team. And he sat me down, and my mom was there also. And he just said, look, I'm thrilled that you want to play football. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. He had never pressured me into it. He just told me, if, if there's one thing that I need from you, it's to go 100%. Um, it's not going to be have a bad spring practice and have a bad couple of weeks and get discouraged and not go for it. He wasn't asking me to give up golf, but he just said, I need complete commitment from you to want to be great. And uh, I kind of agreed to that, and uh, it all worked out rather well. Uh, at the end of my junior year, I started getting recruited I was a better punter than I was a kicker. Um, that's why a lot of people ask me why I was a punter. I was just better. I enjoyed punting more. I did both in high school. 
a few colleges asked me to kick and punt. Um, Duke was one of them. Wake Forest was another. And then Georgia came in really late, and uh, they had a scholarship for me just to be a punter, and Blair Walsh was already committed to be a kicker, and um, kind of everything happened from there on. So it was a very organic way of beginning my football career. And I feel like I see it more and more now, kids starting to play football later and really not getting burnt out. I mean, I didn't play football when I was a peewee. Uh, I played in 10th grade, and every single day, even into the NFL, for my five years there, I was just always learning, always excited to get to practicing for game day. So uh, I'm very thankful to my parents for how they approached that subject because they could have easily pushed me into it, and maybe at an earlier age I, I would have fallen out of love with it. Yeah, what, what was it like at Georgia having that last name and playing somewhat the same position, not a kicker but a punter, but uh, you know, following uh, you know, 20 years, 30 years after your dad? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I won't lie to you. At the beginning, it was tough. I got a scholarship. A lot of people questioned why I got the scholarship. It did not matter that I was all state in high school or that we had won a state championship in the highest classification. They just saw last name Butler. I was a kicker, and they thought I was getting one because of who my dad was. Um, I almost won the job my freshman year, but I didn't. Brian Mims, who was the punter ahead of me, he started for two seasons. I got some backup time my redshirt freshman year, but then I got down on myself. Uh, I was kind of questioning why I was there, you know, all the things that you see now when kids immediately enter the transfer portal, I probably went through a little bit of a slump and I got to give a lot of credit to a, a coach that came to Georgia after my freshman year named John Lilly. Uh, he held me accountable in ways that I really hadn't before. You know, he wasn't my dad. He wasn't my high school coach. He was a guy who had no idea who I was, but we got along really well. And for whatever reason, he saw the potential that I had. And he made sure that I knew that if I worked hard and then if I became more consistent, I could develop into a, a really good punter. And I'm always thankful for him, and I still talk to him to this day, because he told me that, and he showed me that. He showed me that if I kind of put my nose to the grindstone and worked hard when maybe a lot of people wouldn't see me working hard, right, when I wasn't playing, when I was redshirted, when I wasn't going to get an opportunity to shine on Saturday – I kept putting in the work, and my time came. And in the first year I started at Georgia in 2009, we had an unbelievable year. Uh, I led the nation in net and gross punting and uh, won the Ray Guy Award as the nation's top punter and became an All-American. And from then on, Coach Lilly and I, you know, always committed to a standard of excellence every single day, tried to be as consistent as possible and help the team win whenever we could. So, you know, going back to your question of what was it like, it was tough those first two years because I would hear a lot and people would not shy away from telling me that I maybe didn't deserve a scholarship, but hopefully I was able to silence them when I finally got my chance to shine. Yeah, that message is so consistent among individuals in a team sport that have excelled and also teams in a team sport. Like you said, focus on the next play, focus on getting better. And you could tell, you probably say those same things to those kids when you and your dad go to camp at Georgia to, to, to help out there, right? Yeah, you know, the messaging now is so important because you turn on ESPN or you look on social media to whoever you follow for your college football news, and all you hear about is the negative stuff. You know, kid gets benched, then he transfers. Or kid loses a job or, or maybe a coach leaves and he transfers. You don't really see the commitment or the consistency that maybe we're used to from just a few years ago, you know, earning your right to get back on the field, honoring your commitment to whatever school 
that you had agreed to play for or go to. And when it comes to kickers and punters, look, there's only one guy that's going to be on the field. It's not a wide receiver or a lineman where you're rotating and guys get a lot of playing time, whether you start or not. And then I think another thing for kickers as well is if you're not going to play at Georgia or maybe a smaller school is recruiting you that's offered you a scholarship, maybe you love football and you just want to play anywhere, talking about junior college or Division three. The goalposts and the uprights are the exact same size. The hashes and the yard lines are measured at the exact same distance. And the football is the same. If you are a kicker or a punter or a snapper, it does not matter what level you play at. If you are good enough, the cream rises to the top. I can't tell you how many guys when I was in the NFL came from schools that you had never heard of, but they were good and their talent showed and they could perform when it mattered most. So that's kind of the messaging that we tell these kids work on your craft. You know, success does not happen overnight. You're going to grow up so much from 18 to 22 years old. I did it myself. You will become better over time. If you just continue to work and remain positive and focus on the next kick, the day that you're in the next kick, and, and have that mindset. And I know it's boring. It's not flashy. It may even sound cliche at times, but that's what it takes. Ask any successful person, whether it be in football, business, whatever, and they will tell you, remain steadfast, work hard, and good things will happen. So maybe that's not what they want to hear when they come to kicking camp, but hopefully we have enough people around. I know Blair Walsh, who was a Pro Bowl kicker in the NFL and an all-SEC kicker as well. He'll be there this weekend also. And he'll say the exact same thing. So hopefully these guys will take something from that. And uh, with that, work a little bit harder and get some, get a little bit better. Drew, one thing about Georgia that where we came to know you, and that's uh, not only what you did on the field, but what you did off the field in the classroom and serving others. And that, uh, that elevated you to a status, a Werfel Trophy finalist with a group of pretty impressive young men back in 2011. Talk about some of the things you did, because you made a commitment in your life to serve others off the field uh, while you were playing football. Talk about some of the things that that you're passionate about. Yeah, I mean, community is something that's very important. I mean, community and family. Um, And when I was at Georgia, I I really learned that. You know, it started in the classroom for sure. I think a lot of kids now, I mean, it was way different back in 2007 when I was getting recruited, but... The, the nature of recruiting websites and social media and how these kids think they are the best of the best day, days before they even step foot on campus, that's a tough transition. And for me, you know, thankfully, I, I, was, I was doing pretty well in the classroom. But for whatever reason, I just didn't really want to listen to anybody that was telling me what to do. That changed halfway through my freshman year. Um, some coaches just simply told me, I was telling them, hey, I don't want to go to tutoring. I, I don't want to go to study hall. They're like, Drew, just do it for a little bit. And then if you show that you are doing well enough, we take those responsibilities and put them into your own hands. So I would tell anybody going into college right now, just listen to the people who are trying to help you, regardless of what school you go to. The support staffs are there to make sure you succeed. Once I did that, academics came even more natural. People were willing to help me even more than I thought they would. So to gain success in the classroom, which I think is the biggest thing for any student athlete, listen to your support staff, do what they tell you to do, and I promise you success will follow in the classroom. And then when you're a football player and you're a student athlete, you have so many opportunities to make an impact 
within your community. And that's what I love to do at Georgia. I got involved with a couple of different initiatives that were really close to my heart. Bulldogs battling breast cancer was one. They've raised a ton of money over the years. They would always throw a fantastic golf tournament during the summer. And I love to help those guys out raise as much money as I can, meet a ton of great people along the way, and just kind of spread the word on what they were trying to do. Always stayed involved in the Boys and Girls Club. Always stayed involved in Camp Sunshine. We would go out to Camp Twin Lakes and, and hang out with ESP, which is extra special people. They're based out of Athens, Georgia. I know a lot of players now and former players still love to help them out. Developing those relationships as a Georgia football player and then keeping those relationships when your day is there are long gone. I think that's the most important thing because that's lasting impact. And that's the stuff where you can really feel good about yourself at the end of the day, because you are helping others and, you know, you can do some great things on the football field, but I promise you nothing will do better for you and for your longevity as a person than helping out around the community. And I'm thankful that Georgia allowed us to create many different experiences while we were there. Yeah, let me take you back eight years or so of that list of players that was with you. Uh, Barrett Jones, who ended up being the Warfield Trophy recipient that year, but also Robert Griffin III, Dustin uh, Dustin Hopkins, Stuart Hines, Kirk Cousins, Chandler Harnish, Matt Barkley, Emmanuel Acho. Pretty impressive list of guys, and what we like to say is – these guys are really, they're not football players doing community service. These guys are community servants that happen to be pretty pretty good at football, as you were too, Drew. Hey, let, as we close, share with us a little bit about what you're doing now. Obviously, you're still plugged into the game, and uh, you're doing quite well at it. Share a little bit about that. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Yes, so for the past couple of years, I started, I created and host a college football podcast called the Punt and Pass Podcast. So if you're listening now and you want to keep up on all the best, uh, latest news in college football twice a week during the season, please download, subscribe, rate my podcast. It's literally everywhere and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. We've done really well. We're going to probably eclipse a million downloads heading into this third season. My co-host is Aaron Murray. Aaron is the all-time SEC leader in touchdowns and yardage. Sorry, Danny Warfel, but, yeah, he did clip you on that one. No Heisman Trophy for Aaron, though. So we've had a lot of fun doing that. We also hosted a digital college football show called Campus Lore Live. We'll be doing that again this upcoming season. We host it out of the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia, so that's been a ton of fun as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what other opportunities come up this fall. Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at DrewButler13. And then you can check out everything that I'm doing from the broadcasting space right there. And then on the professional side, this past January, I took a job as the Director of Business Development for Compass Family Office. So what we do at Compass is we're owned by an asset management firm called North Capital out in Salt Lake City. We service private business owners, high net worth individuals, and some athletes, and we allow them to bring all of their advisory relationships under one roof, investment, tax, legal, estate planning, charities, donations, foundations, everything under one roof to really streamline their financial life and find a lot of value um, with today's climate. So that's been a lot of fun. My daughter, Bridget, she just turned one on May 8th. Uh, My wife, she turns 30 this Thursday, and I turned 30 
on May 10th. So May is a big, big month in the Butler household, but we are blessed. We're back in Georgia and uh, we're just loving life and we can't wait for fall to get here and start up college football season again. Yes, sir. We are under 100 days until college football starts. Drew, can I thank you enough for taking the time and joining us today? How about some final words from Drew Butler to our listeners here at the Werfel Trophy Podcast? You know, I need to talk to Danny Werfel because before we did this interview, I looked over the history of the Werfel Trophy, and there's no doubt that it is one of the most prestigious trophies and the best trophy that any college football athlete could be honored to be nominated for or win, but there has not been a Georgia Bulldog to win it yet. And uh, I need to pick that bone with Danny because he may keep that just so Florida can have one leg up. But uh, I've been I've been thrilled and honored to know Danny for a while. He is just an all-time great guy. For any college football athlete to have your name uttered in the same sentence with Danny Warfel, the Warfel Trophy, it's a tremendous honor. So uh, I'm thankful for his friendship, and uh, I'm always happy to tell people how I was nominated for the Welford Trophy eight years ago. Drew Butler, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, we'll see you in a couple months. We'll see you down the road, my friend. Take care. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tom. Have a good one.